0: Welcome to Paperboys, the podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. My name is Charlie, here with my trusty co-host
1: James, wearing a beautiful shirt, I must add. This is the uh, special Paperboys long sleeve edition t-shirt. Find it on, what's our merch site? (laughs) tpublic.com. Well, go through our our podcast
0: website, paperboyspodcast.com.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, Seattle's hit a cold snap summer's over fall is here full force but you know what? i'm warm james has a this. psl in hand right now uh false but my spirit <laughs> is being warmed by all the PSLs. a spiritual psl yeah happy to be here today for another exciting edition of paper boys as always <laughs> yeah i mean i'm keeping you cap it's not like i'm keeping you captive here you know no no i'm actually in fact in my own room so charlie what paper do you have for us today so I have actually a really
0: cool one. I'm like very excited. I can tell to present this. Yeah, you can tell by
1: grinning ear to ear. It's a stupid grin on my face. This is have you so have you heard of planet 9 before? Um only from rough headlines. Okay. And the general gist that I get is that, you know, we demoted Pluto a while ago. Yeah. So this is like we don't want Pluto anymore. Sort of the new suitor trying to take over this planet nine spot yeah we divorced pluto we are looking
0: for a bigger and better spouse now yeah yeah i mean you're
1: basically right planet nine is
0: kind of this like hypothetical planet that astronomers think exists Mm -hmm. and it's like it would be way beyond the orbit of neptune which is the furthest planet whoa okay and it would have a mass that's actually like roughly similar to neptune's but a mass between like five and fifteen times the mass of the earth wow i mean this is a big planet Big planet, but again, it's very far. It's like something like between 300
1: and 1,000 times the distance that Earth is from the sun. All right. Well, I have a ton of questions. Like, how can something so far away still be considered part of the solar system? But before we get to that, why are we even talking about Planet 9 right now? So this is like something that has, that is already kind
0: of, like you mentioned, you've seen stories about that before. But this, the reason why... Why we're talking about it today on this episode is that there's a group of astronomers that claim, well, they don't claim, they suggest that it's possible that Planet Nine is actually a black hole. What? That there is a black hole in our solar system. Really?
1: Yeah. I mean, okay, how prevalent, I mean, man, I have so many questions. Yeah. I have so many questions. Before we get into it, for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, Charlie and I are both graduate students doing our phds so we read tons of papers for our own research this podcast is our way of sharing our love of dying thing into science with all of you who want to learn more about mainstream science news yeah we're using our powers for good here powers for good no longer for evil
0: yes we gave up that racket <laughs>
1: that was a short-lived uh <laughs> that was short-lived noise yeah we are the paper boys Right, charlie i'm really excited to learn more about planet nine but or not planet nine Ooh, black hole one black hole one <laughs> boom before we do that for those of you who aren't already please follow paper boys on social media our handle is at paper pod great alliteration follow us if only for <laughs> that um you can find us on twitter instagram which doesn't start with an s instagram yes instagram you can also email us we love getting emails from our listeners that's been like one of the most satisfying parts of this podcast is actually interacting with people talking about different topics that have come up getting paper recommendations our email is paperboyspod at gmail.com also uh we have a bonus episode that just came out this week
0: and it's a doozy it's a That a really was so good cool. One. That was it, one of the most fun episodes
1: we've recorded. It was a
0: lot of fun. We've we've even like gotten new patrons from that episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like every month when we like release a new episode, we're like, "Oh my god, that was the best episode we've recorded." It's like it's really fun because we treat topics that aren't necessarily like just in the current news media. They're like fun historic topics. This one is insane about the <laughs> rats of Nim. It's history that probably should never have happened. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: guy like Created this mouse utopia. Like he created this whole city for mice where like they had everything that they could possibly need and it just like and then he just let them go
1: and it their society collapsed. It was crazy. Just to give you a little flavor, his scientific paper that was published opens by citing the book of revelations (laughs) and discussing the four horsemen of the Armageddon. Yeah, this paper was
0: crazy. Like the technical framework of the paper is the biblical causes of death yeah like pestilence and wild beasts anyway we won't give away too much
1: more we could talk about it for a whole another hour
0: but we could yeah you know in fact we'll do a bonus episode next month <laughs> a
1: bonus episode about our bonus episode
0: no so uh you get those bonus episodes on our patreon patreon.com slash paperboys pod and it's only three dollars and 14 cents which is a super nerdy lowest tier to have because <laughs> it's pie uh that gets you a bonus episode every month and then there's lots of cool other features you get when you go up in tiers so check that out just to at least see kind of maybe what's on offer and we would really really appreciate if you
1: supported the show in that way means a lot to us that people actually appreciate it charlie and i put a lot of time into it and we love bringing out new content so please consider it if you enjoy listening and with that charlie let's dive into the black hole that is formerly planet nine (laughs) let's dive into the black hole that is the black hole (laughs) Okay, so what was the actual paper that came out recently? So the
0: paper, I I mean, the the title of the paper actually sounds like a headline itself. The title of the paper is, What if Planet Nine is a Primordial Black Hole? Doing the journalist's job for
1: them. Yeah, so I I mean,
0: I did did come across this in news articles first, and I mean, it's going to sound redundant to even read these headlines now, but MIT Technology Review says, Is Planet Nine actually a Primordial Black Hole? Popular Mechanics says, if Planet Nine is actually a black hole, it completely changes how we understand our universe. Huh. Very dramatic. Hmm. Yeah. And then there's another Fox News one that's like, oh, shocking study suggests. <laughs> Did CNN plant a black hole in the solar system? <laughs> I was actually really digging to see if there was like a story that was really fear mongering about this. Uh, huh. you know, not to jump to the end where we do the post mortem on the news articles, but like they were actually very responsible. I was like, "Wow, wow!
1: Good for you, Fox News and CNN, <laughs> for not being totally you know it's, horrible about this." Uh, sometimes you just feel like you have to be the adult in the room, and you be like, "Okay, guys, calm down." Yeah, both of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like separate them. All right, time out, both of you. Time out. That's nice. This will be a pleasant, a pleasant week at home with all of our news media friends. Our news media friends. Okay, so who are the authors? Where did this come
0: from? So the authors on this are. Jacob Schultz and James Unwin. They're from Durham University and the University of Illinois at Chicago. And they actually published this on archive.org, which is like a preprint server. It was
1: under the high energy physics phenomenology section of archive.org. Interesting. So this is just for people who are not familiar with archive. That means that this has not gone through the peer review process yet. I think that is what it
0: means. Either that or it means. Yeah. Is that correct? Maybe you need to explain this to me.
1: Uh, yeah, at least for, I'm going to Google it. Google our third co-host. Okay, just put a stake in it. Archive, ARXIV is a repository of electronic preprints, also known as eprints, approved for posting after moderation, but not full peer review. Okay, that does not answer the question at all. I don't know what that means, but basically um, they're not well, peer reviewed. They're not peer-reviewed, but someone's, like, looked at it, so they've at least done, like, a garbage filter. Yeah, I I think we're making it sound bad by saying all this,
0: but in reality, a lot of, like, really important papers nowadays are published on Archive.org. It's, like, a very common thing for physicists to do, and I think also, like, computer scientists use these sites a lot.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, the main
0: paper on Planet Nine, which was published in 2016, I think, is an archive preprint oh okay so like respected science comes out of these papers okay that now it makes it sound even more like no trust me
1: like this paper's okay it no, actually no, no, is like a,
0: yeah there's a lot of stuff we on probably archive. should have just never even
1: said this discussion well i think it's important for knowing which horse's mouth your <laughs> paper's coming from you know okay i like the mixed metaphor but yeah i'm not sure where i was going with that but um Okay, so it's available in archive, which also means that if you're curious to read it, it's available for free uh, as a PDF. So yes. we'll post a link for that afterwards.
0: Yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. So Planet Nine is this, we sort of already mentioned this, this hypothesized thing that comes from, I guess, the people who sort of originally, or at least the people who have like promulgated the theory the most are um, Constantine Batigan and Michael E. Brown who are, I think they're researchers at Caltech. And basically the reason why they think that Planet Nine exists is that there's like a series of anomalies observed in our solar system. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different bodies called trans-Neptunian objects, which basically means that they have orbits that go out past the orbit of Neptune. Okay. So these are orbiting like really far. I mean, Neptune is at something like, I think, 30 AU, and AU is a unit equal to distance from the sun to the Earth.
1: Okay, so wow. Neptune is 30
0: guy. times further
1: from the sun than the earth is. So that would include things like Pluto
0: then. Pluto, I think, is a trans-Neptunian object. Don't quote me on that. But these things go out like way past Pluto. Like these things go out to like hundreds of AU. Really? Wow. Yeah. And they have like... And so w- what's weird that's been observed about them is basically they have these like very strange orbits. Or some of them have these strange orbits. Strange in what sense? Like the shape of them? Yeah, the shape of the orbit. So uh, this paper points out the anomalies that are observed in these TNOs, which is trans-Neptunian objects, is that there is an unexpected clustering of them, meaning like they're really close together. And then there's also some that have very high closest approach to the sun, which I guess is not
1: expected for, it's not expected for some reason. High being like they pass very close to the sun in the closest part of their orbit or no. high being very far away meaning
0: that their point of closest approach is still extremely far away like it's still at like 70 au oh okay so the closest they ever get is still way farther than neptune wow okay and then i say wow like i have a <laughs> foundation right like so. that, that violates our intuition somehow but we have no clue yeah so and then the third thing is that the orbits are not really in line with the rest of the planets they're like almost perpendicular Really? Okay, because most of the planets orbit in a plane. Yeah. So these are orbiting like very different. Yeah, they have uh, they call it the inclination, which is like the angle of the orbit with respect to basically the plane of the solar system. They're like higher than 50 degrees. Wow. Yeah. So they're really turned on end, and they're all bunched together, and they have these really high closest approaches. And for you know reasons that I won't like try to explain here or claim to understand, those are weird facts. Like when you combine those facts, it's extremely unlikely that those three things can all be like true just by chance really yeah so they've you know they have done all the numbers like i tried to go read the paper that kind of compiles all the evidence for planet nine and it was like 95 pages or something
1: 95 pages so i was like all right I'll there's take no the word for it
0: yeah uh but like the gist that i've gotten from all the kind of like secondary sources here is that the probabilities they've calculated are very low so then they run some simulations, and they say, well, what could explain this? And they find that there is a particular like, mass object that could have like a particular range of orbits that would cause
1: us to observe these things. This is some Le Verrier analysis, what I've that ever heard it. The astronomer Le Verrier, who found Neptune. Oh, yeah. You know, you observe this strange orbit, and you're like, well, this predicts that there must be a mass here. Yeah. Boom, you got Neptune. An and then they look there and they found, oh, yeah, there is a giant
0: planet there. So that it's basically the same thing happening, but like today. And it's much
1: harder to find because it's much further away. That's so cool. This is like actually really exciting. And I say that with like a deadpan voice, but like there's a lot of excitement. It's really
0: exciting because these astronomers and like even NASA believe that we will discover this planet in the next like 10 years.
1: If, oh, my God. I, I mean, th- this like, is
0: presuming that it's there. Yeah, but they're very convinced that it's there. Wow. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, this could be another Vulcan situation, but yeah. for those Which would be equally exciting.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, that led to the theory of general relativity. Right. Which is pretty cool. Which is cooler than Planet Nine. For those of you who are not familiar, Vulcan was a planet that was hypothesized to exist that accounted for the precession of Mercury and some other weird events that were observed during solar eclipses turns out we needed einstein's general theory of relativity to answer that question and there wasn't in fact a planet but they tried to do a neptune 2.0 and say there's a vulcan but it wasn't true yeah if you're curious it's a fascinating story worth checking out online or at our bonus episode for one last patreon plug (laughs) yeah but um you're working these plugs in james (laughs) that's a mid-roll ad right there i know dude that is so exciting though that there might be a new addition to our solar system family in our lifetime i know for those of us older than probably like 13 years old
0: we already have a planet nine it's pluto i know it was just it's stripped from our arms (laughs) yeah it's funny because one of these authors i believe mike brown the one who uh, is like one of these caltech researchers who's pushing for planet nine yeah i think he's the one who like officially axed pluto as a planet
1: this is his so he's just like trying to like snake his way in and like create his own planet (laughs) he's yeah it's but it's like part of his 40 year plan (laughs) yeah exactly maybe he just feels guilty for destroying so many
0: he wants to give back what he took from the world yes so anyway planet nine is not the point of this paper well it is the point of this paper but there's other stuff going on here so there's this whole other observation not related to planet nine and this is kind of what has tuned these researchers into wanting to write this paper suggesting that black holes could explain Planet Nine. Okay. So there's this experiment called the Optical Gravitational Lensing Experiment. And it's just like a telescope in Poland that is
1: looking for... Do you know what gravitational lensing is? Um, That's where you essentially have gravity waves that are traveling through space due to black mm. holes. Wait... No, that's LIGO. That's the LIGO experiment. Yeah. You're getting all your your gravitational lensing. Is that where light passes by a black hole and is bent? And so you essentially get like the phenomena of a lens. Yeah. Yeah. So when
0: there's like an object that has a lot of gravity, like concentrated in one place, if there's like, let's say we line up with that object and then there's like a star behind it that we can try to observe. Uh Uh-huh. Again, this goes back to the bonus episode on relativity because we explained this then but so gravity actually bends light because of relativity
1: so this is like when you see a picture of a what a black hole would look like yeah you see it looks like the disc you know you'd expect it to almost look like saturn where there's like instead of having a planet in the middle it's this black hole with light circling around it but the disc is like bent yeah it's bent and like or even like you know if you just google you know gravitational
0: lensing like all the stars, like, that are, make up the background behind this thing all just kind of get, like, bent around it and make, like, a circle. So, anyway, that's lensing. That was too long of an explanation. But what this experiment, OGLE is, is the acronym for it, <laughs> what OGLE is looking for is micro-lensing incidents. So, basically, like, you know, any gravity bends light. But it's, like, the smaller the gravity, the harder it is to observe this effect. So, what uh-huh. they're looking for is, like, they're looking towards the center of the galaxy where they have a lot of background stars to look against. And they're basically looking for little blips in those stars, like where the brightness changes. And the, the brightness changing is just a sign of something with large mass has passed in front of it. Because, and, and it's lensing the light so that it like focuses or it diffuses or whatever. Okay, would you see that effect if there was a planet? Yes, you would. Okay. So basically what this Ogle experiment has found, and what other experiments too that are looking for microlensing, they found like there's been like thousands of incidents of these microlensing things over mm-hmm. the last like 10 years. And based on the strength of the lensing, they can estimate the mass of those objects. And they've found like a strong series of them where the mass is something like 20, like five to 20 times the mass of the earth, okay. which is small. And when we're talking about measuring these things thousands of light years away. Yep. So they've found lots of these objects that have like a very small mass. And so they can't, it can't really be a star. So they basically suggest either it's a bunch of rogue planets or FFPs, which stands for free floating planet, or it could be this other thing called a primordial black hole.
1: Ooh, primordial primordial. Yeah. As if black holes weren't cool enough already. Yeah. This is like the black hole that was like, you know, sort of kicked out of school cause it was <laughs> too rogue. Uh, no, it's more
0: like the really old crone of a black hole, <laughs> it, because primordial means before. Primordial means like very early in the universe formation. Yeah. So what these black holes are, they're actually different from stellar black holes. So like a normal black hole that we would think of is the result of a star dying and then collapsing in on itself and then creating this like this singularity in gravity. Ah, uh, the singularity. The singularity. So what primordial black holes are though is that. Early in the universe's formation, everything was very chaotic, and there was a lot of mass concentrated in a lot of different areas, and, like, there was lots of fluctuations in all of that energy and, like, dark matter and buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. <laughs> and and basically, because there's all these fluctuations and all these, like, areas where it's really concentrated and not concentrated, some of those areas coalesced into
1: a black hole without a star forming. This is sort of like the black hole version of, like, well, back in my day, we used to form out of... We used to coalesce out of random energy and matter that was floating in the universe. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You know. Cool. It, it. it I all didn't it, even know that happened. Yeah. I didn't know it either. And what's interesting is that this
0: is actually kind of like a nascent field. They've only been proposed to exist, but we've never actually like observed anything. Like we've never really observed like them in the way that we have stellar black holes. Really? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like all we have evidence-wise, is, like, these little microlensing things, and then the theories all tell us that they should be there. Okay. And and we also know that black holes do exist, so it's like, okay, well, these things are probably out there, right? Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah, and the exciting part is actually because this Ogle experiment has observed so many of these microlensing events, it sort of suggests that there is actually a relatively high number of them out there, that,
1: like, they could just kind of be, like, all over the place. I mean, similar to the sense of, like... Uh, Kepler finding all these the Kepler mission finding all of these exoplanets where it was like 20 years ago We hypothesized there were exoplanets, but we didn't have any specific evidence that they exist and now it's like We're in the thousands of exoplanets that we've pretty much confirmed to exist and
0: now It's like you don't even need to keep looking to know that any given star you look at probably has exoplanets Yeah, like we have enough data points now to say like it is very common in the universe so that's what kind of that's kind of where these primordial black holes are going, in that they think that these things are gonna turn out to be pretty common. Sweet. I apologize to any astronomy like researcher who's listening right now and just cringed when I said that, but <laughs> <laughs> so given that these primordial black holes could be quite common and could be kind of all over the place, and given that planet nine is hypothesized to have potentially come from like outside of our solar system. So I I didn't really mention this, but Planet nine, like the, the kind of remaining question is, well, how did it get there? Yeah. There's a couple theories. It's like, well, it could have formed in the inner solar system and then gotten flung out to a higher orbit by Jupiter. Or it could have like formed during the formation of the solar system, just where it is now, which is extremely unlikely. Yeah. I think one of the leading theories is that it's one of these rogue planets that got captured by our solar system. And that's why it's so
1: far out. It's, oh, like one of these previously thought of rogue planets. Well, just like a planet that is just like wandering around. Wait, I thought it was a black hole.
0: Well, so those microlensing things
1: could also be rogue planets. They don't know. Okay. So it's like we have two possible options, really. A rogue planet or primordial black hole. Right. Rogue planets
0: are already very well like believed in, I guess. They're like, well, we know they're out there. and Okay. uh, And so that's why it's like a leading theory for where Planet Nine came from. What these researchers are suggesting is, now that we think primordial black holes are also common, and as we show here in the paper, they're about as common as rogue planets should be,
1: therefore, we should look at this possibility as well. Okay. Okay. So, this paper is really making the statement, like, exactly like what the title says. It's saying, maybe planet 9 is a primordial black hole. Yeah, I mean, literally, (laughs) that's the title, is, what if planet 9 is a primordial black hole? It's not saying, like, it is or
0: new evidence that it just says what if it is based on the evidence we should consider this possibility that's exactly what they're saying with this paper and i like it and so that's all motivation and that is all here in the paper i'm not just going on background here yeah Uh, but then what they set out to show in this paper is like if that's true could we detect it could we actually conduct an experiment to prove that it is indeed a primordial black hole that's an interesting question yeah And the reason why they want to do that is because right now there are tons of like telescopes looking optically for Planet Nine. I mean, like, I'm sure it's a race for the Nobel Prize of whoever's going to be the first to actually discover Planet Nine. Yeah, absolutely. And these authors are saying, well, why are we restricting ourselves to looking for like a rocky or a gassy planet? Why don't we also look for signatures of a black hole? So they're just kind of trying to convince people like, There's a wider experimental
1: repertoire that could increase our chances of finding this thing. Don't just put your blinders up and sit at your telescope every night looking for this thing and trying to convince yourself that whatever you're seeing is this rogue planet. Yes, exactly. So that leads me to my next set of questions, not being an astronomer, (laughs) of what experiment would you run to confirm that it is a black hole? This is where the
0: paper kind of like got into stuff that I didn't understand and why this paper is written by particle physicists and not really not astronomers okay so they uh they suggest that if these primordial black holes exist then they would accrete a large halo of dark matter because they formed sort of from dark matter in the first place (laughs) and because there's dark matter all over the place how do we
1: measure dark matter
0: so this is again where why this paper is highly speculative okay so first of all I mean, for anyone listening, what is dark matter? It basically like when we observe, for example, like the rotation of a galaxy that we're looking at, like a galaxy that's far away, based on our understanding of like orbital dynamics, we have an ex- an expectation that it should rotate in a certain way, like stars that are out towards the further end should be at a certain velocity and stars that are close to the middle should be at a certain velocity. But that actually doesn't hold up when we calculate what we think the mass of that galaxy is. And it only works when you assume that there's a bunch of extra mass just like sitting there that we can't see. So hence the dark. Hence dark matter. Exactly. So dark matter is like it's not even really a scientific question anymore. It's like a certainty that we are still just looking for like true experimental evidence of. Wow. Proof of I guess.
1: That's so it's so fascinating. Like uh, it's just matter that we can't see. Yeah. And then even worse is dark energy, which
0: is way less understood, but which people think also exists and in way higher abundances than dark matter. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So anyway, that's subject of a whole nother probably like 10 episodes, but it's tough because dark matter doesn't really jive with the models that we use to describe our universe right now. Mm -hmm. So that's where this paper kind of got confusing for me was like, they say, okay, this primordial black hole would theoretically accrete a large halo of dark matter. And then If dark matter behaves as has been suggested by this particular model of dark matter, you know, because people are proposing different theories all the time, right? Yeah. They say, well, if we took this model that has not been ruled out, this is a plausible scenario as far as we understand, then these dark matter particles would annihilate, I don't know, particle physics. (laughs) Okay. And that annihilation releases
1: energy, which then you can observe. Okay. Via telescope or... Yeah, like particle detector or RF or the radio frequency outputs or something like
0: that. Yeah, I think they actually even suggested it
1: releases like photons.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I don't know that they're like that. It's it's like something you could observe optically, but it's like that would be your detection method, I guess.
1: Photo detector.
0: Okay, I'll believe it. So that kind of begs the question: like, how would you then observe those photons? Like, what would what would we need to actually observe that?
1: Yeah, is it possible to do that on Earth? Do you need like a spacecraft to go out and actually like measure that. So these scientists seem to think that we could observe it if it really is what we think
0: it is. So they kind of look like there's this one experiment called Fermi Lat, which is like a gamma ray telescope. I think it's actually a, a space-based telescope, but it's detecting gamma rays in orbit around Earth. And they basically, they kind of look through the database of all of its detections and they find like the weakest signal that it's detected and they say, okay, well, given that weak of a signal, does our primordial black hole give off something that's even that strong? Mm-hmm. Because if it does, then that means that Fermilat, which is already out there, can look for this object. Yeah. Right. So they do that calculation and they find, they find, actually, yeah, we think that it could, we could, it could see this. Because, you know, they have a calculation of what, they th- what the density of all this dark matter would be because they know the mass of the black hole is between 5 and 15 Earth masses. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just assuming the black hole has the same characteristics as planet nine. Okay. Because it would have to, right? Yeah. So they do all that calculation. And they find, yes, we could actually probably observe this. And they have like a kind of a cool line where they say, uh, it is necessary to run a dedicated study in order to determine if there are any candidates that match the planet nine trajectory in the Fermilat data set. As in like, maybe we've already observed planet nine and we didn't know it because we weren't looking for a black hole signature.
1: Dude. Okay. This is eerily... So similar to the whole case with Vulcan, really? Because that is exactly what they said. In many cases of scientists going back and looking at their data and being like, "Oh my god, I observed Vulcan and I didn't even realize." It. Oh man! Oh no, we're, Which, co- we're about to go through well, this. But this is where we have to be careful because just because that wasn't true in the case of Vulcan does not mean that it isn't the case here. True, but, but uh, you know,
0: this being this paper being out here now almost makes you think like uh, they're going to go through the Fermilat database. They're going to find something that they say. Yeah. They so, know what they're looking for. So they're going to find something to fit what their theory says. Potentially. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I wonder if they already have. Well, no, that's what I mean. Because that data is already there. Now they're going to go comb through that data and say, oh, yeah, there it is.
1: Well, I wonder if they've already looked started like, looking through the oh. data and have something like this is just a precursor. Yeah. These, I mean, these authors probably are already starting to work on this. Because by the time you publish it, then everybody is going to start doing the same thing. Right. It's the logical next step. Right. Interesting. That's really cool, though. I mean, what if we already have? That's like one of the fascinating things about the time we're in right now. Like, there are lots of spacecraft. The data is publicly available. Yeah. Like, we've talked about this before. One of the cool things with astronomy is like, it's one of those fields where you could be a total amateur and make like huge contributions. Dude. So we had that
0: whole episode about Oumuamua, which was like an interstellar asteroid that passed through our solar system. Yeah. Recently, I saw that there was a second one discovered. So Oumuamua is important because it was the first ever interstellar object that we've observed. Yep. We just observed a second one. And I think the person who discovered the second one was an amateur astronomer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It wasn't like some big university group. It was like just some guy who like does this,
1: who like tracks objects. That's so cool. Isn't that really cool? Yeah. Also, exciting about that object, it's going to be visible from Earth, at least for astronomers, uh, in December. Yeah. And we know it's coming. Yeah. Uh, Whereas Amuamua, I think
0: we caught it on the way out. And so we didn't have a good chance to really observe it. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: Wow. Anyway. Okay. Fermilat should be able to at least give us some signature of this black hole if it's out there. Yes. That's what these scientists concluded. Okay, I mean, so is that sort of the final punchline of their paper? Like, hey, data might be there in the Fermilab database, let's check it out. Or do they have any other... That kind of is almost
0: their final punch. They do like a couple other analyses. Like, um, they look at just kind of these like, you know, rough scalings of like, what's the probability that we would have actually captured this, this planet into our solar system? One thing I thought was interesting was they did a calculation of like, if these primordial black holes are as common as maybe the ogle experiment suggests Mm -hmm. and if it's traveling at this velocity that that theory proposes it would be traveling at they do some calculations on like what would then be the radius of this object what would be the radius at which it captures into our solar system specifically and they find that like the characteristic radius they find is actually very similar to the proposed orbit of planet nine Hmm. So, like, this particular type of black hole would get captured into our solar system, where Planet Nine hypothetically is. Interesting. If it hypothetically exists, there's like so many ifs in that sentence. But <laughs> I hope you get what I'm what I'm saying. Yeah, it's plausible. Yes. So now, can I get to the part of this paper that freaking blew my mind?
1: You mean we haven't gotten to that part yet?
0: Well. I mean, all like the cool science is really cool, but this, I know you're a sucker for figures. This paper has the coolest figure
1: I've ever seen in any paper. Okay. Okay. Let's see it. No, no, no. Don't roll your eyes. Like, I I want you to get hyped for this. No, no, no. I mean, I meant that as like subdued, but like actually very excited. Okay. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I'm giving this adequate excitement. You said this is the coolest figure you may have ever seen in a paper? Yeah just in the sense of ballpark like ballpark awesome figures yeah i mean it's i wouldn't say it's the it's the most
0: uh informative you know useful figure that i could put in every presentation it's like it's the coolest figure okay all right i'm ready i'm gonna show you the figure and then and then i'm gonna ask you to describe it okay okay
1: what are you looking at ladies and gentlemen i see a black circle with a slightly shaded black circle below that oh no that's just the that's just a printing error (laughs) that is just it's just a black circle it's just a black circle like totally filled in
0: yeah like it looks like a black hole right yeah so this is uh
1: how like how big is this on the page so on a standard piece of a4 paper eight and a half by 11 inches it takes up probably a third of it on the bottom Yeah, it's like the size of like an orange. Yeah.
0: So this is actually an illustration of the primordial black hole. (laughs) I'm serious. Do you notice that there's no scale bar on this image? Yes.
1: This is the actual size of the black hole. No. Yes. Can you read me the figure caption?
0: Figure caption says exact scale one-to-one illustration of a five earth mass primordial black hole. That is awesome. Is your mind? That like is so cool. Right yeah. How cool is that?
1: So, so I mean I'll, this is I was holding right, it far right. away so
0: you didn't read the caption, but I'll give it to you now. It's Actually, a, I brought a prop. I brought a prop. Is it a ruler? No, it's this very it's this very small <laughs> pumpkin. It's
1: like I, I didn't have a grapefruit, so this is like I'm using this small pumpkin. Small pumpkin that like fits in your hand. Like this I'm, black I'm hole is this smaller pumpkin. than the, the pumpkin.
0: Yeah. Here, hold this pumpkin and imagine that is a black hole. With five times the mass of the entire Earth, my hand would break. <laughs> I think you'd be dead. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I was talking about this today at lunch with some other people in my department, and I showed them this figure, and they were all like, "Whoa!" Like mind blown. And then I was like, "If this were in this room, we would all be inside this right now together. Like we, you and I, would be inside that little pumpkin. would be spaghetti.
1: We'd, We'd be, be spaghetti, spaghetti yeah. squash. That'd be pretty cool, right?" To continue the analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Spaghetti squash.
0: That's a good one. It's a pumpkin. Uh, for those of you who would like a more visual aid, James just snapped a picture of me with the figure and the pumpkin. That'll be going up on Instagram. I'm assuming. James runs the Instagram, so. At Paper Boys Pod.
1: If you're not already a fan of it on Instagram, please check yeah. it out. So if you go there, you can see roughly comparable to my body, how large this black hole is. Pumpkin included for scale. Yes. So that thing has five times the mass of the earth how have you kept that like if i had read this paper if i was in your shoes i would have been like all right charlie so i read this cool paper trying to keep cool and then like 10 seconds in i'd be like all right i just got to show you this This is so cool i needed you to have all the context of like all the science the same way
0: that i did because i i was reading through this and then i flipped to this page actually what i did was i scrolled down to see how long the paper was and i saw this figure and i was like what And then I I was like, what is this black dot? Like some modern art. And I saw the caption and it said something like one to one scale. And I was like, no, no, no. no." And I scrolled back up. I was like, I don't want to spoiled." (laughs) So I wanted to make sure you had the real raw experience here. Wow. That is so cool. Very cool. I'm going to. Now, wait, it gets cooler. No, it gets even cooler. You can't say that. So look again at this little dot on the page, right? Okay. Remember, I was talking about that dark matter halo. Yes. How large do you think the dark matter halo is relative to this? So, I mean, this is just a small piece of this page. Where do you think, like, on this page, the
1: dark matter halo is? Or in this room, or... Uh... I mean, since it's not drawn, and it's a one-to-one scale representation, I feel like it's much bigger than the black Some hole itself. a good
0: deductive reasoning right there. It is bigger. How big do you think it is?
1: Um one au that's actually not a bad guess so
0: for this black hole size uh-huh. of a little orange in your hand the dark matter halo would extend from here to saturn
1: whoa so multiple
0: au's yeah i think that's like eight au okay so this little object size of an orange is accreting dark matter at a distance
1: of like our soul our whole solar system damn so like If you and I were within 8 AU of it, we're just like, you can't even imagine that.
0: Well, no, I don't think that's true. Because, I mean, dark matter is kind of like all over the place. Like, there's dark matter in this room right
1: now. (laughs) My eyes just go wide. I'm blowing your mind today. Okay. I'm not quite mentally able, ready to handle that. So, the point of that is
0: just to show you, like, so if it is accreting this matter and they're trying to look for a signature of that dark matter halo, I mean, you can't observe this black hole. I think seeing how small this is and then knowing how far away it is and then also the fact that it is a black hole. (laughs) There's There's no way we could ever see the black
1: hole, right? But but the point is that the the excretion disk is very large. Excretion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't like to say
1: excretion disk on... (laughs) The accretion disk is very large, which gives us hope that even though we're far away, we could actually detect something coming out of it. Totally. Exactly. And the... (laughs) even cooler thing here no
0: charlie come it gets on. it's cooler come on this is not actually more like a whoa blow your mind this is more like shift your paradigm here so if this actually exists and it's in our solar system and then it turns out we find out it's there i mean like earlier this year we did an episode on the first image ever of a black hole yeah and that was like a big deal because it's like wow we now officially know what a black hole sort of looks like. Super grainy, like weird image, but that's the first time we've actually observed it directly, right? Yep. If this black hole is in our solar system, it is not that far of a technological leap to go visit this black hole. Yeah, I mean, Voyager's out of the solar system. Yeah, like Voyager is, I mean, Voyager still has a long way to go, but like we have way more advanced technology now. I mean, we could hypothetically send a mission out to this black hole that would take like 40 years, you know? Yeah. Instead of like thousands of years to reach the next star or like millions of years to reach the next like supermassive black hole. Whoa. And that's crazy. It wouldn't even be like sketchy to visit this black hole because it's only the like five times. I mean, it's the same mass as other planets that we've already visited. Yeah. And that doesn't like mess with our stuff. I mean, you think black hole and you think, oh, time slows down. You think like interstellar, right? Yeah. But I mean, this is just basically a planet, but just that exists inside of an orange. Yeah, so like it wouldn't be any we wouldn't have like time problems and we wouldn't have, you know, weird Matthew McConaughey
1: problems (laughs) getting stuck in the fifth dimension. Yeah, but it's so strange to think about like a large spacecraft orbiting something the size of an orange from like thousands of miles away. Isn't that really weird? That's cool. Yeah, we should
0: do it. Yeah. Oh man, what's crazy is that it could probably orbit like really close in at like a super high velocity. Oh my god other than you get weird time problems. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's awesome. So that's uh that's one of the things that's kind of like one of the further implications that's sort of talked about, not really in this paper, but interviews in these news articles and stuff. Very cool. Yeah.
1: This is an awesome paper. Wow. Right? Talk about build up. I know. I, I'm in, I'm very impressed. I know. With your patience. <laughs> See, that was the other problem that I faced in
0: Holding off to like tell you all these cool things at the end is like I hope that people didn't tune out early on this
1: one. Yeah,
0: I did. Of all the episodes, this is the one to stay engaged in. I know. I did sort of backload this. That's okay. But I I thought it was important to understand like, well, what were they studying, and why are they studying it, and like, what's Planet Nine all about, and what are primordial black holes all about, yada yada yada. Because if I just showed you this, you'd be like, well, I don't know. Is that
1: big or small for an object like this? No, it was the perfect build up that is literally the coolest figure i've ever seen do you you're agree right. yeah i'm so glad you agree and you are a big figure you're what a figure snob yeah a figure snob
0: well done it's funny cuz like i'm imagining when they like made this image <laughs> like whose idea it was to be like let's just put a figure of just a big black circle <laughs> like let's publish like a scale replica of a black hole on this page yeah
1: so it's like so elegant but I would love to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. Yeah. And have one of them just be like, no, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, excellent paper, Charlie. Well, don't
0: compliment me. Compliment uh, Jacob Schultz and James Unwin. Well done, sir. For their
1: intricate illustration. Well, thanks so much, Charlie. I very much enjoyed this journey to the black hole. Journey to Planet Nine.
0: Yeah. To PBH9. Yeah. Yeah, like James mentioned at the beginning, this is an open access paper. So, check it out on our website paperboyspodcast.com. This like I feel like there's a lot of papers where we say, "Oh, this is plain English, you can get this." This one was actually pretty technical. I didn't understand any of the dark matter stuff, and the only the parts that I understood about like the like orbital mechanics and all that stuff is from having quite a bit of background in that stuff. So, I, I can't really recommend actually reading it, but check out the figure. Check it out for figure 1 the exact scale replica of a black hole
1: yeah so So cool
0: yeah so you can find that on our website and please share this episode with a friend who you think is also interested in science uh some of the best feedback we've gotten has been when people share this show and uh, it really does a lot
1: to help the show we really appreciate it then you can talk about your favorite paper boys episodes with your friends what's more (laughs) what more could you ask for yes (laughs) and please consider checking out our patreon patreon.com slash paperboyspod pod it's just a few bucks a month less than the cost of a slice of pie <laughs> per month or a cup of coffee which all of you are buying i'm sure and there's stickers merch discounts i know i feel like i don't mention that enough you get a free sticker even at the lowest tier nice stickers they're really nice, nice stickers sticker. and, and most importantly the bonus episode every nice. month the first of the month that we release a bonus episode on some really fun topics that we've been wanting to treat otherwise but just don't really have the venue for with the weekly podcast so it's it's really different from the weekly podcast i mean we're
0: doing like historical papers that like changed science forever or like in the case of this month weird crazy like mad scientists who like played god to a city of mice
1: yeah really weird really cool we had so much fun recording it yeah and i think you'd have a great time listening to it yeah, so please check that out, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. Thanks so much for listening, and please join us again next week for another exciting edition of Paper Boys. Thanks for listening.